Welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast from SturdyMcKee.com. Hey, welcome and uh, thank you for watching or listening to the Focus Forward Business Podcast where we share the stories, journeys, and lessons from amazing entrepreneurs. I'm Sturdy McKee. I help business owners uh, bring order out of chaos and make more profit in their businesses. Um, I do that through programs and coaching and help business owners ultimately make the world a better place. And I am your host for the podcast. And today... I'm really happy to bring you Carrie Mori. She's the founder of Callie's Hot Little Biscuit. And uh, thanks so much for being here, Carrie. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. So will you please tell the folks listening a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. I started a handmade biscuit company, a mail order only biscuit company about 16 years ago and about in 2005 when absolutely nobody was buying food on the internet. So there's that. But my number one priority was to create a life for myself that I truly wanted, which was to be a mom first. And then I sought out to create a business that supported that. So my priority from the beginning was being a mom. And I knew that my passion was food and I was trying to figure out how to meld both of those and make them work together so that I could get my biscuit and eat it too. How's that? (laughs) So how did you get started? How did that, how did that come about? How did you make it work? Well, I had our first daughter in 2004 and really had kind of decided that maybe I wasn't going to be able to have a job within my passion, which was food, because I couldn't figure out how to make it work. I knew that although I'd love to open a restaurant, um, that was not an easy thing to do with children. And just knowing, watching my mom be a caterer and she was gone every weekend, I knew that the food world was a very hard thing to do for women that had a desire to raise children. So I think I just started doing a lot of soul searching with a toddler and I had a lot of time on my hands to dream about what could I be doing Mm -hmm. and one day I was watching my mom make country ham biscuits which she always made for every party she ever catered and I was always the server helping her out on the weekends as a you know a teenager and in my 20s and I knew the accolades that they received. I knew how people were so in love with these biscuits. So I think I just put that together with my time in New York and watching the internet happen and watching a few of, you know, businesses that I looked up to. And I just came up with the idea and I went to my mom and I said, you know, we really should start a business with one of your products. You can't cater forever. It's a very labor intensive, hard um, line of work. And what if we were to take your ham biscuits and sell them? And she said, that's a horrible idea. Why would anybody want to buy my biscuits? (laughs) Is that the reaction you thought you were going to get from her? True story. Um, (laughs) yeah, because my mom is a naysayer and it, it it didn't surprise me. And so of course, (laughs) when she tells me, no, I go all in, you know, and I said, oh no, we've got to do this. Like, this is going to be a thing. And Um, we are good Southern women and the art of biscuit making is dying and we must revive this art. Nobody does it anymore. And this is all very true. 
What I didn't realize when I came up with the idea is that truly nobody makes biscuits anymore. And mm-hmm. it's the, it's the first bread of our country. I mean, everybody calls it the bread of the South, but it's really the first bread of our country that was made as a quick bread that served everything from the finest cocktail parties on silver platters to tucking them in soldiers jackets and sending them out on the front lines. And it was used for sustenance rather than entertaining. So there was really a strong sense of history and tradition and, um, you know, an heirloom recipe that I felt like it was worth reviving. And I didn't think that the can that you pop on the side of the counter and squeeze open was doing it justice. So I also wanted to create something where I had a life of my own. And instead of being a slave to a brick and mortar restaurant, I thought if I opened an internet business, I could do it from my house. I could come and go and be with my girls. And when they were at playdates or preschool and then eventually school, I could work. And when they were home, I'd be with them. And that was really the idea. Well, everybody loves the biscuit. I don't know a single person when I shared your story with my family who are in Atlanta and, and around there, they uh, all immediately, and some other friends, they all ran out and got them. They weren't really aware necessarily beforehand, Aww. but the, your reviews were wonderful too, by the way. Um, Thank you. So, but is there anything about starting the business up that you wish you had done any differently? I try really hard not to have regrets. So no, I don't think there's anything I would have done differently. You know. I look back and I think going into my going into business with my mom was probably not the best idea. And it was kind of doomed from the start. You know, she didn't believe in it. She didn't get behind it. When we actually started to get some business, which took a lot, she mm-hmm. asked me to pull back and she just had no interest in it. And, you know, when you're in it, I have a lot of, you know, frustration with that. But now that I'm able, and this has happened years ago, she got out of the business within the first four years. And now that I look back on it, I think, well, first of all, I should have never convinced anyone to go into business with me. So that's on me. Right. And secondly, it wasn't her dream. It wasn't her inspiration. It was mine. She inspired me. Her great food inspired me, but it was my idea. So why didn't I just do it on my own? And I think that the execution part of a business idea is usually the hardest because everybody comes up with at least one good business idea in their life. And if you're an entrepreneur like me, I, I, I have come up with a thousand and maybe one or two are good and the rest are not good. But, you know, I think had I looked back on it and had just a little bit more guts and pushed myself to take the leap on my own, Uh I didn't necessarily, I don't want to say I didn't need her, but it was so much more comfortable to do it with somebody else. So I have no regrets, but if I could give advice to anybody, I would say, don't doubt yourself, do it. If you truly believe in it, you can do anything. Like there's, if I can start a country ham biscuit business, which by the way, it was the only biscuit we sold for the first year and a half. Mm. And most people don't even, you're probably Googling country ham right now. You don't even know what that is. Like, (laughs) It's, it's a regional Southern thing. So I started a business with 
a meat-based biscuit business, and that meat happened to be something that's very regional. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a it wasn't a great idea, but I believed in it, and I think that that is what has propelled it and kept it going. Because if you have that person that is pushing forward and taking that leap, that's really all you need. Well, and you mentioned like convincing someone else to go into business with you, that and, and yeah, about their idea. passion. So, yeah, that that's a great lesson. I, I mean, regrets aside, we can learn from things we've gone through and share, and. Uh, yeah, if you have to convince somebody to be your partner, come go into business with you, and they they're not passionate about the idea, maybe that's not the best fit. Yeah, huh? definitely don't don't talk somebody into going into business into business with you. But and and our our relationship was rocky, rocky from the start. But mm-hmm. she did lay some foundations about biscuits and scaling that I wouldn't I would have had to learn the hard way. So she really helped mm-hmm. provide. Uh, some structure to the baking side that I wouldn't, I don't have a baking background, so I wouldn't have been able to do that. So I'm very grateful for the inspiration, for the structure of her helping me start it. And, um, you know, it actually, in hindsight, it has made our relationship really great. It's taken us 15 years to get there, but we're (laughs) in a really great place. So, you know, a lot of mothers and daughters can't say that they have a good relationship with their mom. It's only taken me 40 something years to get there. And I'm really proud of that. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. So, um, I mean, you mentioned in, in the beginning of the business as well, and part of the motivation for doing it was really a balance of time and priorities. Um, that always seems to be a challenge for entrepreneurs, for business owners. So what tips, tricks, advice do you have around prioritization, managing your time, having enough time? Uh, you know, I don't, pretend to be an expert in this, but what works for me is a lot of structure. And as my husband would in the background, laugh at me and say, all your rules, I have a lot of rules Mm -hmm. and there's structure. There's a lot of structure and it's not because I'm rigid and not fun. It's because I have certain goals. He's laughing at me now. Um, (laughs) I have certain goals that I want to reach every day within my business and within my home life. So Mm -hmm. I also want to enjoy my life. I don't want to work 10, 12 hours a day. So I want to get up early and start my day with exercise every day to clear my head and to, you know, just help me center myself and get ready for the day. And it puts me in a a great frame of mind and and positive energy and blah, blah, blah. And then a list, good old list. I know people don't like to write anymore, but I'm a writer and I like to, you know, get things done. And I like to do multiple things at once, which I know can also be considered, um, you know, a negative, but I, I think there's something to be said for being able to be a really good multitasker. And I, without sounding obnoxious, think I'm pretty decent at multitasking so and I like immediate gratification so I want to get things done you know and I won't stop until it's done so I'm just really driven and I don't even know from where that came or how it got there but it it provides sense of accomplishment it provides um a lot of confidence and and then obviously the the obvious result of things get done every day so that's that's always a good thing Right. So can you share with us any of your rules? Like an example? I exercise every day. Okay. That's number one. And if I don't, I'm a little cranky. So 
So even if it's a walk around the block, you know, so it also, you know, I, we have, I have eight, 80 employees. So I, I feel this pressure to, uh, and I'm happy to, to take on the pressure. It's not a bad thing. I feel the pressure to sprinkle sunshine and rainbows and be positive and have a great attitude. And so I have to start with me, right? I have to be the one that trickles down that. So that's a lot of the reason why I do that. Not just for my family, not for my biscuit family, but also my home family. So Mm -hmm. that's one. Um, The other is I want to make sure I touch all my businesses. And that is not as easy as it sounds because I have three restaurants. I have four restaurants in three states. Uh, And so I don't always accomplish that goal. And I have a catering division and they're all spread out in different parts of Charleston. So two locations and then two different production facilities. So I don't always accomplish that goal, but if I get three out of four, I'm good. Um, You know, normal things like getting through emails and and writing, you know, getting my to-do list done. But at the end of the day, it is making sure that I'm at home in time to be with my girls. So I try to get home every day before they get home from school and to have family supper. And that is really grounding space for me. It's kind of like the exercise, but at the end of the day, it is where we reconnect as a family. It is where I can celebrate our successes and talk about all of our learnings because we don't talk about failures. We talk about learnings and, um, you know, just exhale and say, wow, we've accomplished a lot today. You know, it's just normal. So, and then sleep. I do a lot of sleeping. And I try not to drink during the week. <laughs> try. I, yeah, a lot of us can feel you with that too. Um, so what, I mean, one of the things I, I find entrepreneurs feel like they're kind of isolated alone a lot of times because we're out there and doing our thing. And, and it is, it, sometimes it can be really lonely. Um, but one of the things we don't share are the challenges and the, the you know, obstacles, things that might be going wrong what kind of challenges are you facing? Are you working on in your business currently? There are so many. I would have to like make you a long list. Today <laughs> alone, the sausage biscuit that we are launching or that has launched for pre-order, we've mm-hmm. partnered with a certain company who we had certain requirements for this sausage and we found out today that one of those requirements were not met well this is after we've printed 30,000 boxes and ordered you know so I used to get really stressed about problems but now I expect them and when Mm -hmm. there aren't any I'm very weary I'm like oh wait that is something something big is getting ready to happen so I expect (laughs) problems and we meet them head on. We, okay, how do we solve this? And, and it's really like a to-do list. All right, we got to solve this problem, this problem, this problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, problems don't bother me anymore because they are never ending. So if I got worked up right. about a problem, um, I'd be, I could, you cannot be an entrepreneur and get affected by problems successfully well, in my opinion. Yeah, it's so the nature of the beast, it's, right? It's just, yeah. And, and problems if you don't have problems, then you're probably not growing. So problems are coming as a result of growth. And so when you solve them, you're breaking through barriers. So they're super important to your business. And, you know, so 
sleeping helps me solve problems, sleeping on things and, and not reacting, which is something that I've learned within the last eight years of at first you get so worked up and you can't, that doesn't do anybody any good. Like only control what you can control. Let's talk it through. Let's talk to everybody on our team and then maybe somebody not on our team and see what their different perspective is. And uh, you know, really sitting on it and trying to weigh, weigh out the different possible scenarios, but, but not ignoring it, mm-hmm. kind of attacking it really is how we handle it. But I liked what you said though, about not necessarily reacting immediately either though, really coming up with a thorough solution, thinking it through. And in the last five years, I've learned this practice. Mm-hmm. There's always more than one side to the story. Always, no matter what. At least so you two, have right? To, at least two. So you have <laughs> to take that step back to gather all the evidence before you can make a decision. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's another great lesson. Um, so what's your proudest moment in business? I think my proudest moment in business is that I have accomplished what I originally set out to do. I have created a business that has enabled me to work within my passion and keeping my priority, my family as my beacon light, my guiding force. They are helping me forge the path forward and things happen after I think about how is this going to affect my family? Will this work? And some of those opportunities I've had to say no to because it didn't work. But the one thing I've never missed out on is time with my family. Now, that doesn't mean that like I'm with them all the time. Like I'm getting ready to go out of town tomorrow and I'll be gone for three days, but I've also just spent the last three months with them. So you know, I'm not trying to create this dependency with my children. I'm trying to create independent children that understand the importance of family, but also understand the importance of being independent and um, working through their own issues on their own as they get older. So. Cool. So, I mean, you mentioned a couple of things that you've learned over the last five years or eight years, the, particularly the reaction and stuff, but What's another thing that you've learned recently that you wish you had known maybe 10 years ago? Mm. That's a good question. What is something I've learned that I wish I'd known 10 years ago? Probably that you can't control other people. (laughs) And that, that, you know, you can only control yourself. And if you worry about how somebody else is going to react or what's going to happen tomorrow. You can't control that. So control you and your reaction. And I I think, unfortunately, I think all of these lessons, or at least for me, have come with age. (laughs) Kind of sad. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really getting good at this now. I'm like, yeah, because I'm getting old. No, yeah. well, if you weren't if you weren't gaining wisdom, then what what's the point of getting older? That's right. That's what the wise old owl says. <laughs> cool. So, can you share like a favorite business book or article or something that you're reading recently or checking out that you think would be of use um, value? I'm a junkie with those, and I I audible I audible them a lot for exercise. Uh-huh. Um, Oh my gosh, there's so many. 
I just read The Energy Bus. Have you read it? No, no, I haven't. It's a good one. It's a good little inspirational quick read. Loved it about how to be a good leader and how your energy affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that one. I more on the restaurant side, I love, but I don't think it's necessarily restaurant focused. I love setting the table with Danny Meyer because it's good for any business. Mm-hmm. Although his is restaurant focused. Um Oh my gosh, I, I'd have to go to my list and see. Well, that's a couple um, of good me, ones. Thanks. Yeah, those are the two that are, I always say setting the table because it's such a great book about service and he's specifically talking about customer service, but it's not, it's, it's really for everybody. It's how you should treat your, your customers. It's how you should treat your employees, how you should treat And Zingerman's does a very similar um, book too. And talking about how you treat the mailman is the same way you should treat your customer. Like everybody is, it's a service industry. Like if you're in business, you're in service. Even if you're a consultant, you're, you're in service. So I love books like that. I think that is often overlooked for sure. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Um, So you also, uh, you mentioned customers, you mentioned employees, you mentioned other, but I know that you're also kind of focused on your community and y'all support a couple other foundations and help in the community. Do you want to talk about that at all? Sure. You know, I'm a huge proponent proponent of um, being involved in our local community. And that means our Atlanta community, our Charleston community, our Charlotte community, um, our focus is helping women and children within our within those communities. So it could be everything from helping a school to helping um, our, our local charity here is Just Be You, which is an organization that really helps lift up not not all just not only women, but it's it's focused mainly on women and um, from the age of being a, a, a teenager all the way up and empowering women. Um, And, you know, we have a motto at Cali's that we have really made into not only a fan motto, but it's what we use within our own company called Be a Biscuit. And it's, you know, it's, it's a part of our culture and it's rise tall, which means be confident, be warm and buttery on the inside, which means be kind and be open to anyone's jam, which means be accepting of everyone. So, you know, a little buttery version of the golden rule, never hurt anyone. And, you know, we try really hard to live our, in our biscuit family by, by those rules, you know, just be kind, be confident and be accepting of everyone. And, uh, you know, that is a big part of how we make all of our decisions within our company, but also within my own home family too. We talk about that a lot, be kind and be respectful and be confident, believe in yourself. So if I can get my children to do those three things, I feel like I've done my job. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Any other thoughts you want to leave us with before we wind down? I don't think so. <laughs> well, I really appreciate your insights and your story and your, your time with us today too. Um, thanks so much for making the time. I know you're awfully busy with all the things. Well, you, I appreciate you. Got having me thank you oh of course no wouldn't i wouldn't miss it and i love the love the but what i would call the buttery core values too those are awesome 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Well, nice talking to you and see you soon. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for listening.